Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. There are two scriptures that we're going to key on today that our kids looked at on Tuesday morning when they were talking about the power of Jesus gives us hope. I've been thinking about that, this hope and even the hope of glory that that the kids sang about. Um, It's going to be centrally around Acts 27. So you could turn your Bibles to that passage right now. Although that is a that's a, a smaller part of a long larger story that begins actually in chapter twenty three and then actually goes to the end of book of Acts. I can't encourage you enough to spend some time there as well uh, this week. But then there's another passage in Psalm thirty one verse twenty four that the kids were taught, and it's all about again hope and the power of hope. It says this: Be strong and courageous, all of you who put your hope. In the Lord. Be strong and courageous, all of you who put your hope in the Lord. I want to pray and then we're going to continue. So, Lord, we do want to be captured yet again in this day by your by your gift, by the, your gift of Jesus and the hope that that is instilled in our lives from the inside out and then lived out in so many different ways. Lord, find us strong in that hope and find us courageous in that hope, and I pray now that your word would find a place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I want to give you a a fair warning. I'm going to jump ahead now. At the very end of our service today, you're going to be invited to sing a song. I'm going to invite you to sing it from your heart, for sure, like you mean it. Um, But it uses, the, the first line is this, it's an older hymn. It says, my hope is built on nothing less. Now, you may know the hymn, and already your mind's going to the rest of that line, but let's just start there. My hope is built on nothing less. You know, we all put our hope in something. We all put our hope in someone. How would you, like, genuinely, like, honestly, complete that sentence? I put my hope in what? Is it enough? Is that hope enough for today? Is it, a, is it enough for eternity? You know, what hope is there for these kids? You know, you see the backdrop here behind you is uh, where all the kids were, so energetic and everything. And I think about their lives. I think about the lives of my children, our, our grandchildren and such. And what hope do they have? both for this life and then for all eternity. Where do they put their hope? Especially when life goes off the rails. Because we live in a hard world. We live in a broken world. We live in a scary world. And certainly when we look ahead even at our kids' lives, it doesn't take us much to go, oh my goodness, oh, they need the hope of Jesus to sustain them both for this life and the life to come. You know, I, I find myself praying often for people who, who, whose lives have gone off the rails. And, and what I mean by that, they're, they're in hard places in their life. But I find myself really praying, Lord, Lord, would, would your power, Jesus, be evident in their lives? Would, would you show them your power? And we thank you for that. And we, we thank you for your promises because 
Jesus' promises to us also give us hope. And then more than anything, it's his presence with us. His presence with us gives us hope by the power of his spirit because Jesus is very much alive. And this central fact, those three things, really was what got Paul into all kinds of trouble and why he finds himself on a ship headed to Rome. He's incarcerated. He has been incarcerated for over two years already. He's gotten himself in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Uh, he's had audience with even the uh, king and, our, uh, and uh, governors and such. And it's quite a story and, um, and yeah, amazing how Jesus sustains him through all of that. But he has hope in Jesus. So his perspective and his the way he lived his life is what we want to aim at today. I want to take a look at what's sustain Paul through these just amazing, challenging kind of situations when in, in many ways life was going off the rails. It wasn't going the way maybe he had planned. He found himself in jail. He found his, his life being um, threatened and such. And so we're going to look at, at that today and what gave him a living hope even as he faced death. So this thing that the kids sang, um, this train is bound for glory. It's a great thing to plant in kids' heart that Jesus actually does have a place for them, that, that, that no matter what happens, we have a place prepared for us by Jesus in heaven. It's the hope of glory. So chapter 27 is not about a train ride. Paul finds himself actually on a ship. He's been on a couple different ships now on his way to Rome. Uh, There's some 270 some passengers on it, so it's a fairly big ship. And I'm going to invite you to turn to verse 13, and we're going to take a look at this kind of first major point, that if the end, if the end if, if, if things go badly and, and it ends here, if our life ends here, it's the beginning of something glorious. And Paul certainly had that in mind. He was going to live his life, but if it, if it didn't, you know, if it didn't end, or if it did end right there, he did have a hope. So verse 13 is kind of this first um, kind of look that I want us to take a look at. It's like his life is at, 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 uh, in danger. It said, verse 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed to the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cotta, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So men hoisted it, hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And then verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. They really thought they were going to die at sea 
All of them did. You know, now this experience that Paul is in the middle of, is it's actually going to go for another two weeks on that ship. And um, it's going to get scarier and there's going to be harder times. Um, they're out in the middle of the Adriatic Sea. And, um, and it's not the first time and it won't be the last time that Paul faces the possibility of death. I don't know if you can relate with that. Maybe you are up against something where you are facing the reality of death. And the power of Jesus gives us hope in those moments. This, as a pastor, uh, I come alongside, I've come alongside people many times who are, who are facing death and kind of walking that last kind of hard hill before going to be with, with the Lord. And... I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I testify that the hope that we have in Jesus, the, that, that the train is bound for glory, that there is a hope of glory, it makes all the difference in the world. I've, I've been with many people um, also just who have experienced death of a loved one in, in the community, within our church. And I tell you, there, there is a dramatic difference if your hope and my hope is in Jesus, or if we have no hope, um, just was there again this past week, and it's it's heart wrenching in many ways to see that. So let's keep talking about that. That the the power of Jesus gives us hope, even as we as we face death. It makes all the difference. Now for Paul, he's been in two plus years of just this uncertainty and facing the possibility. Of death. Let me show you another time where he was up against it hard and he had to face death again. This is in chapter 23. And in 23, we see that there's a plot to kill him. And this is what it says. The next morning, some Jews. Now we're back in Jerusalem. We're not at the sea now. We're going back to where this started in Jerusalem. He's with the uh, Jewish leaders there. And it says this. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. They went to the chief priests and the elders and said, we have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. And so they had this big plan going. Um, another passage, Acts 25. Let's go ahead. It says this, 25 verse 25. Here's yet another time. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before, before, before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing to ambush, ambush and kill him. Time and time again, they want to kill him. It might be the same guys who had taken this oath not to eat, and, eat, and now it's been years. They, they're probably a little hangry, and they're just, they want this guy dead. Well, let's go to chapter uh, 27 and um, verse 42. We see a final time here where uh, they're on the boat. They're about ready to put into shore. And the soldiers, it says, verse 42 of chapter 27, plan to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying it out, their plan. So, Again, Paul, time and time again, is just having to hold on to the hope that he has in Jesus, even as he 
faces he faces death and yet again on in on once they get on that island he gets bit by a viper and they think he's all going to die and again the lord saves him because again the power of jesus makes all the difference in in paul's life so what hope sustained paul through all this and what hope do we have in jesus christ well this statement the end here is not the end the train is bound for glory the song is right we have a hope in eternity you know the bible talks about in ecclesiastes that there's something in us check this in your own heart whether you're a believer in jesus or not yet but do you have a sense that there is more that after our time here that like there is actually something more bible says in ecclesiastes 3 has made everything beautiful in its time he has also set eternity in the human heart Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. There's this huge perspective that God has and only he has. But in the human heart, he says, he's planted eternity. We don't maybe understand it, but we do have a sense that there has to be something more. And indeed, uh, there is. You know, it's not infrequent for me to hear when we're talking about that with people, and I would present this to you, is like I'd say, well, you know, as, as you face this, friend, what, what's next? How, how do you see this happening? What, why, I will often hear, you know, I hope, I kind of hope that I go to heaven. And so that's always something that I'm listening for because that's not really a hope that Jesus has given them. That's a kind of more of a wishful hope kind of thing, like I hope I win the lottery or something. And it often gets followed up like, I hope I've been good enough. And I, I hope that, you know, compared to other people. I mean, I, I've been a good person, I hope. And, oh, that's such an opportunity then to go again to the Apostle Paul, what he actually wrote to, to the Christians uh, in Rome, for example, where he said, no, you, 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 that's not the hope that we have in Jesus. That all of us have sinned. It's not how good we are. There's no way we can be good enough for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, says Romans 3. He wrote, he penned those words. He also penned, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is often called the road through Romans. It has another verse in Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his love to us and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. What Paul is trying to instill, what he is living out even in his own life is this hope that he has in Jesus, that Jesus has already done it for him on the cross. This is what he's preaching. This is what's getting him thrown in jail, that, that it's what Jesus did, that Jesus died, that Jesus defeated death and sin on the cross, and that when we put our trust in him, when we put our faith in him, that then he has done the work. He saves us, and we are the grateful recipients of salvation. It says this in Romans 10, if you declare with your um, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that Christ has raised him and God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You see, we can have that hope, we can have that certainty in faith that we have eternal life. John would pen these words. We have this in 1 John 5 says this, 11, 12, and 13, and this is the record. God has given us 
eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things, he says to you, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God and know that you have eternal life. Oh, it's this hope. It's this hope that we have from the inside out. You know, John um, also records Jesus, Jesus um, encouraging his disciples with these words, kind of the hope that he stilled in his disciples, just like the hope we're instilling by Jesus in, the, in these little disciples here uh, at VBS. He, sa- he would say this, uh, we have these words, John 14, verse 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would have I told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be where I am. You know the place where I am going. And then these famous words that Jesus would say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that all sounds good, Steve. I, I, I want that. I desire it. But does it mean it's not sad when, when people die? I mean, does it mean it's not scary? Oh, heavens, no. We grieve, and we grieve deeply for those who have gone before us. But even there, even in our grief, it's different. And the Apostle Paul captures this, and this is what he's living out of, even in the face of death. When he said this, he penned these words to the uh, the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, he said this, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. He had quite a quite a perspective, so much so that, you know, he even, he even wrestled with this idea of, of living and dying, and he expressed those words to the, uh, to the Philippians, Philippians 1.20, where, where he said these words, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Wow, what a, what a faith. What a faith that sustained him up to his death and what a faith that sustains us as well. And it is a hope that we hold out for ourselves, but also for our children and uh, grandchildren. Well, I want to end, though, on this. Listen. Paul doesn't end up dying here. He ends up landing on an island, and the story continues. And what we also realize is that to live is Christ. I mean, if you are watching me right now and this message, you, you are alive. And let's get to living. Let's get to living kind of in the inspiration of how Paul lived his life. And I want to encourage you to read chapters 23 all the way to the end. And you're going to see something about Paul's life that is going to encourage you. It certainly encouraged me that every opportunity that we have, every circumstance we find ourselves in, when we have our perspective that we have, have the power of Jesus in our lives, 
every opportunity, every circumstance is an opportunity to live for Christ, to share what Christ has for us. Oh, it's a beautiful thing when we see uh, the, the word of the Lord coming true for Paul. I mean, it works. I mean, uh, Jesus would say, hey, listen, when you're before kings and, and leaders and all that, don't, don't worry about what, what to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, give you the words. He would say this in Luke 12. I'm going to give you the words to say. And, and oh my goodness, we see that when the apostle Paul, through this whole experience, he is, he is before the leaders of that whole region. I mean, the, the top leaders and their spouses and soldiers and all that. And then he just is himself. He is Paul the evangelist. He is Paul, the one who just wants to keep sharing the good news of Jesus and salvation and the forgiveness of sins. So much so, I just want to point to this, uh, I, I find this so uh, um, amusing in many ways because Paul is just being himself. Um, this is in chapter 25 and he's just giving his testimony. He's just telling him how, how he met Jesus and, and what he's been about. And, and at this point, the governor, Festus, interrupts him and says, Paul, you're, you're just out of your mind. Verse 24, you, your great learning has driven you insane. And Verse 25, he says, I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied, but I am sa- what I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I'm convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because, uh, because it was not done in a corner. And then he says to King Agrippa, what, bold, uh, what a bold move here. He says, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. And then Agrippa says to him, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian too? See, Paul is just about it. And then Paul replies this, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all of you who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. He wanted them to have salvation in Jesus. That's what we want for you as well. Get on living Do that which you do by the gift and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Share those gifts with many. Um, That's where our hope is. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing that song. Lord, thank you so very much for the gift of this day, for the gift of your word, for this which we see again that anchors that hope deep in our heart, that whether it's Toward the end of our life, as we go to meet you, or in this life, we have hope from the inside out to live for you. Lord, I thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.